Yeah, so I'm going to be out of town uh, for the next week. So uh, do you mind editing for me Yeah. this week around? Yeah, sure. I know you haven't done it before, but it's pretty simple. Okay, yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, like I said, it's pretty simple. I I feel like it's there's not too much to say. Um, obviously, just don't do anything like crazy or annoying. Um, not that that will be a problem, but... No, yeah, I'll just, just not something that's gonna, yeah, not something that's gonna like distract from the show or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, just I'll just keep it simple. Uh, th- the viewers won't even know that anything's changed. I think we'll be good. All right, cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Give a moment or two to the angry young man with his foot in his mouth and his heart in his hand. The stab in the back, he's been misunderstood. It's a comfort to. Welcome, welcome to not old bad. This is your host, Zach Andrews, along with Paul Messenger. Okay, well, if you've got the uh, if you've got the intro down, then I guess we'll just move along. We can like switch roles, I guess. So I'll do the promotion part. Um, okay. Don't forget, uh, you can you can. Uh, Leave a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, that's kind of gotten stagnant lately, so we would love it if you uh, if you jumped on that train and uh, brought us up from 13 to 14. No one's done that in a while. Uh, again, leave five stars, and then you can say whatever horrible things you want to about me in the actual review portion. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. And then you can find us on Twitter at Not All Bad Show. And if you want to... Get in contact with us. Not All Bad Show on Twitter is a good way, but you can also email us at notallbadshow at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And before you even get to it, don't forget that if you have any uh, random rant topic ideas, you can email those to us with the subject line random rant idea. And uh, email us if you want to be on the show. We're actually looking for guests. And we've had a couple volunteers already, but we're looking for even more because we think it would be fun to get some of you guys involved with the show. You don't have to be uh, in person to do it. We have ways to do it remotely, and we'd love to get you guys involved. Yeah, for sure. So hit us up, notallbadshow at gmail.com. And you don't have to know your topic yet. We want you to rant with us, but you don't have to know what you're going to rant about yet. We can help you figure it out. But if you do, that's great. So either either way, we're happy to have you. Who went... uh, since you're running things here, Paul, who went first last time? I'm going to say super confidently that it was me. You're correct. Oh, boy. That A was, plus. I definitely knew that. 50-50 um, shot, and you got it. <laughs> so since it was me, I, I think we should hear uh, – I think everyone wants to hear what you have to say today, Zach. Well, uh, there's your first mistake is that nobody wants to hear what I have to say. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, if it feels like I'm not bringing my typical energy to the show today, it's because, uh, in real life, IRL out here existing in the world that we live in on this terrible Monday, I am having a bad day just in general. I, I'm not even going to like go into the specifics. I will go into the specifics of why today is bad, but that's not what my rant's about. I'm just saying today sucks. And, and, and there's, I've got a lot to be angry about, and the, I'm just, the energy is just not with me today. It's diverted elsewhere. My mind is distracted. But we're just going to chug right through. Um, my car just stopped working. That's not mm. what the rant is about, but my car just stopped working. 
and that's weighing heavy on my mind. Um, and also my jaw hurts really, really badly. Like it hurts to chew, which is just tragic. And I can't complain about that to anyone because I'm just opening the door for a wide range of disparaging sexual jokes. <laughs> so, uh, it's been a pretty rough day. Um, I'm not doing too well, but we're just, we're going to, like I said, we're going to move on through and, uh, I've got some other that now topics that now seem kind of, uh, minor compared to uh, the other problems I'm facing in my life right now, but I'm going on vacation in two days. So whatever, man, let's just, we'll, we'll roll with it. Uh, also, I didn't take any notes because, uh, I feel like I'm pissed off enough in general to where, uh, I don't really need to uh, have a script to follow. I don't need to. I don't need to be following notes this time. I'm. I'm just going to let the anger take me because I'm in a bad mood to begin with, and and we're just going to see where we go from here. That sounds great to me. Honestly, I'm excited. And I expect that this is going to be one of those times where I end up talking about two different rants, uh, but they are related. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't. Again, I don't have notes. So chances are, even though I'm talking about two different topics, it's going to be a pretty short rant for me. So just a heads up, Paul, you might be doing some uh, unexpected heavy lifting lifting today, and I apologize for that. It's about time I started working out, Zach. <laughs> People do this a lot in the car. Uh, this is what I see the, the most common occurrence of this. But talking on the phone, on speakerphone, yet still holding the phone up to your chin or face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you're going to hold the phone to your face like that, you might as well just not have it on speaker. All you have to do is rotate that bad boy 90 degrees and boom, it's on your ear now. Have you seen people do this in public? Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. I feel like it always happens if I'm like, not that I've d even done this in years, but the, the first place that comes to mind is some public place where everyone is equally miserable, like the DMV, oh, God, and you're yeah, just sitting yeah, yeah. there. And, and someone just like they've decided that they want to involve the whole community in their conversation by having it on speaker, but still hold it up close to them as if it's a, a personal just up to them call. It's always when you're like in the line in Subway or something, right? Like you're already oh, yeah. sad enough to be eating at Subway. <laughs> and not only that, but there's a line and not only that, but there's a guy who's it's usually uh, like balding men for some reason. It's like old balding men. That tend to do this. It's basically the equivalent of a, like the Bluetooth douchebags of yesteryear. Hmm. But you can also hear the Bluetooth conversation. There's hmm. no, I, there's no reality in which this is the correct way to hold a phone and talk on the phone. If you're going to use speaker, why hold it up to your face? Just keep it waist level or something. Put it on a surface. Speaker phone is, is how I make probably about 75% of my phone calls. And that's because I don't want to have to hold a phone to my face. So what, what is even the purpose of this? And it, I know, like I said, a lot of this happens while people are driving and it's true, but that doesn't make it an excuse because a lot of cars now obviously have, they have the Bluetooth phone connection, but even barring that, which I don't have, although I may have soon if my car doesn't get fixed, <laughs> But the car I have currently that is non-functioning doesn't have Bluetooth capabilities for my cell phone. Even then, you can just hold the phone to your face. 
What is the speaker for? All that's doing is putting your AC and engine noises on the receiving end. Nobody's going to be able to hear you. Which leads me to my next point. And that's just phone calls in general. <laughs> there, I, 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 Maybe it's a product of my generation, and maybe, Paul, you can speak to this, but there is no worse activity than having to answer a phone call or make a phone call. I ignore about 90% to 95% of the phone calls I receive. And that probably includes people on my contacts list as well. <laughs> if I don't have your number saved, I literally will not pick up the phone under any circumstances. You can leave a message and I'll call you back. If you do not leave a message and I do not have your number saved, I will assume positively that you do not need to call me and you will never hear from me again. It'll be as if I died. <laughs> What's your take on phone calls? You know, I've I've come around to them a little bit more in recent like months or the past year, but still in general, there are certain things that can just be handled over text that like the the actual phone call is not necessary for unless time is pressing or it's a really complex topic. Um, but then also specifically with numbers I don't know, like. It's not even that I care so much what the message says, but if someone doesn't leave me a voicemail, I just really assume, like, they didn't need to talk to me. Um, <laughs> especially because, like, with as many... And I think this is a topic I brought up per, pretty early on in the podcast. With, with as many robocalls as I get, I... You know, it's funny. I Yeah, we have <laughs> talked about this before, yes. Yeah. When I'm at work, I will answer most phone calls that come to me just on the off because I put my like work or my phone number on like outgoing work emails and yeah. different places. And so while I'm at work, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I'm important enough for someone to call me about something work related that I don't know. And let me tell you, I'm not important enough because it's never something <laughs> important. And it's frequently robocalls that, you know, They've they've tried to trick me by switching the like sometimes it will be the exact same word for word message with different voices as if they're they're telling me something about a car's extended yeah, warranty. Yeah. Heard the same shit for years at this point. Um but but that like I don't need to go that much into robocalls because I have talked about it before. Yeah, it has but nonetheless, been a separate topic entirely. The, yes. the fear and anger that I have from that fuels my disdain for any incoming phone call from a number I don't have. And even from a number I do have it, whether or not I answer is really good to depend on the mood I'm in because I, there, there's just something about phone calls that uh, just are uncomfortable and awkward. Sometimes I just don't want to deal with them. I don't even answer my work phone. Like I have a phone <laughs> on my desk at work. And if people call me there, I usually won't answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do, uh, if there's caller ID and it's a name that I recognize, I'll pick up. But if it's not, I won't. And also, I don't have a voicemail box set up. So you you, you need to email me. If, you, if you're a coworker <laughs> of mine, just email me or come to my desk because uh, you'll probably never hear from me again if you use the phone. You, you know, this is reminding me, at some point in college, I was in some sort of business class, like sales or something silly like that. And we had like a guest speaker from some company come in. It was like a few guys from this business. And this older man started lecturing us f with pride that he was like, I have never missed a phone call to this phone. Like it's on loud at all times of the day, like not on vibrate. And I, any call that comes in, I answer it because that's what's professional and important. 
And I, first of all, I just imagine that man's wasting a lot of his own time because <laughs> if he gets any kind of robocalls like I do, like, like literally, like four out of five or nine out of ten calls I get are some BS thing that is not worth my time. Um, and also, I just wholeheartedly disagree with him. I think about that sometimes when I don't answer the phone. I'm like, this man told me and my <laughs> classmates that we had to answer every phone call that came to our cell phones if we were actually professional. And I'm not even saying he's wrong. I'm just saying that I don't care. I, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, fine. Call me unprofessional. I'm not going to answer the phone. I don't care. That means nothing to me. <laughs> Your labels don't hold me back, okay? I am I am just as satisfied not getting robo robocalls because no firm telemarketer firm knows that my number is connected to a human being because no one has ever answered this phone. <laughs> that satisfaction to me it far outweighs being known as a professional. Oh, for sure. I'll send you a an eloquently worded email and that'll show you how professional I am if you really need to contact me, but I'm telling you right now, calling me is a waste of time. Um, you got to leave a voicemail. People who call a, a number that they may not have saved and they don't leave a voicemail, I mean, what? how important do you think you are? Nobody, You're <laughs> yeah. anonymous. It's meaningless. There's no point. <laughs> yeah, the, the few times I've gotten calls from numbers that I didn't know and I didn't answer, if they've left me a voicemail that I listen to two seconds of and be like, oh, th they actually, this is someone I should answer. I will call them back immediately. Yeah, same. It's it's not that hard to leave a voicemail, so if you really need me, you'd leave a voicemail. Or you'll just call back late. I mean, don't even bother calling back late. I will never answer a phone that I don't rec recognize the number of. I will never do it, especially with this robocall stuff. I mean, we've talked about it before. We'll talk about it again. I don't get <laughs> robocalls because I've never answered a robocall. So no robocall company knows that my phone number exists tied to a real human being. So I don't get robocalls. I, I get like no phone calls a day. How many robocalls do you get in a day? I I probably some or days maybe it's a week. Two, I, I probably average about seven a week. Some days I don't get any, but some days I'll get two or three. But I probably get on average one or two a day. See, I'm getting uh I probably get like one or two a month oh, and no. I don't answer them. I only know their robocalls because it's from like Cleveland, Ohio or something where I've never had a connection with anyone from Cleveland, Ohio or like <laughs> my personal favorites, like the Bahamas. <laughs> no one's calling me from there. No, certainly not. <clears throat> yeah. The, the unfortunate thing is that they've started spoofing local numbers. So enough of them are 817 numbers that it yeah. really does give me pause. I had a rule uh, back in my old college days that was if it is an area code from my hometown or from College Station, I will pick up even if I don't have the number saved. And then uh, I one time, one on one occasion, got a robocall from my hometown's area code. And that one, that was that was all I needed. <laughs> now And now that rule has completely been thrown out. And I, I, I don't answer it. My new rule is never answer a number you don't recognize. And that is unprofessional as hell. I'll be the first to say. I mean, that guy's <laughs> on to something. That is a terrible, terrible move. I mean, that is, I'm an asshole for doing that. But I don't, I don't, it means nothing to me. I don't care. 
And I get so stressed out having to make, so moving on from answering phone calls, having to make a phone call. I'm a big baby. I, I get so <laughs> paranoid. I don't know what it is. If I, I need to know exactly what I'm talking about and I need to be asking something. Like, for example, I needed a, a, a receipt from a hotel I stayed at last month. Mm. I knew, like, that's a simple phone call. Call the hotel. Hi, my name is Zach. I stayed at your hotel from this date to this date. I'd like a receipt. That's easy. I know what to do. It's a very one-in, one-out conversation. But if somebody's going to hit me with an unknown, if I don't know exactly how this conversation is going to go, I am freaked out. I hate making phone calls. I usually make, if Maddie's in the room and she can do it, I'll make Maddie do it for me. (laughs) She bears that burden upon her shoulders like Atlas. Me, I don't do it. I don't make phone calls unless absolutely necessary. I don't know. It panics me. I get freaked out. I don't know if you share the same anxiety. It's a real I, problem. It, it makes me I don't like think a, feel like a child, a baby boy. I don't think I'm quite as bad as you. This may sound weird, but like I, I almost feel like I used to be, and I've just slowly gotten better and just gotten over it. Yeah. But I don't know. One thing that came to mind is that so the robocalls will spoof local numbers, and I think they're spoofing. I don't know how they the technology works, but they'll make it numbers that may already exist for someone else. Yeah. <clears throat> and so there's been a few times within the last couple months where I've gotten a call from someone <laughs> sounding very frustrated being like, and for some reason I've answered because I, I still just want to believe I'm important. <laughs> and I've answered been like, <clears throat> and they've been like, Hey, you just called me. And I'll be like, uh, no, I didn't. And they're like, it's right here. You just called me. It's like a number I've never seen. I definitely didn't call it. And so I think that sometimes they're spoofing my number and that's infuriating. Cause I don't need people thinking that I'm calling their number. That's, that's even, I don't, I don't need someone calling me needing something that I don't even understand. It's too much for me. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about that of somebody like picking up a phone number and it's just someone on the other end like, like, who the hell are you? <laughs> don't call me ever again. It's like, okay, I won't. I've never called you in the first place. And then typically yeah. these people don't, <laughs> if you're the kind of person that is so old <laughs> that would you get a phone call? that you don't like, you call that number back to tell them not to call again. If you're that old, you're, there's no way you're going to understand that you can spoof phone numbers. Yeah. <laughs> even though I think that's been a thing since like the 80s. But even, even then, you're, not gonna, you're too old to wrap your head around that concept. If someone calls you to tell you that you were, your number was spoofed and they think that you're the robocaller, I mean, you, you just got to say, okay, my bad, and move on. Because there's no way you're convincing that ancient relic that uh, that, that just happened. They're not going to buy it. They're mm-hmm. going to think you're trying to scam them again, like round two of the scam. Uh, anyway, I'm uh, I'm pleased that we were able to turn that into as long as it was because uh, that's the I'm about out of steam at this point. That's fair. Uh, I can take it from here. Um, <clears throat> so my my topic is both kind of general with a few specific examples, which is there are, there are a lot of dumb things that people have said to me or said around me over the course of my life that they definitely didn't think anything of, but <laughs> have stuck with me for years. I think yes. them regularly. I, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean already. Yeah, kind of like you, this you, businessman who was talking about the phone call thing. <laughs> Pre- precisely. Um, 
I'll, I'll, I'll start you off with an example from my own life. If you have any examples, try, try to think of those. I'll try. I don't know is, if I can pull any. It, it's okay. Uh, early in high school, back before I could drive, I would carpool with uh, some people to school. And um, at one point while in the car, one of my friends who was like my neighbor said, like, we were at a light and like this other kid's mom was like explaining something about timers or like sensors on lights to where you could go. And like, so that the light knows to turn green because there's a car there. And this friend of mine was like, I don't understand why lights even use sensors. They should just all be on timers. That makes, makes way more sense. And I didn't say anything then as like a freshman in high school, but every time I am stuck at some light because it's on a timer and it's going to make me wait like 120 seconds before I can go, I think about this Tyler kid and how he said that all lights should be on timers. And I just think about that probably once <laughs> a week that he was so wrong. But the worst thing about it is that he definitely doesn't remember saying that. That was a dumb thing to say. He was probably just like complaining just to complain about how a light was on a sensor instead of a timer, which I don't understand, but <laughs> sensors are great. And the fact that it knows your car's there, it's like, Oh, we should hurry up and give them a turn. I'm a bigger fan of that than those times where you're at a light and you're like, this is on a sensor. It's giving me a green light, even though no one's coming from the other direction. Like that's the worst. And it, it, it tortures me thinking that there exists anyone in this world who would disagree that the sensors <laughs> at lights are good and he definitely doesn't think about that, but it comes to mind for me pretty frequently. This seems to me so. <laughs> is this like is this rant about Tyler's comment in <laughs> particular? Like, are you ranting against Tyler right now, or is that just an example of the concept? Because this that... feels like a very direct <laughs> and personal attack to exactly <laughs> one comment from one person. <laughs> that. <laughs> That's one specific example, and I'm trying to make this broader, but now that I've started on it, just like how I think about it on a weekly basis, it bothers me how wrong he was, but it bothers me even more that it's still on my mind, it's not on his. So you're, uh, you're, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to say that's an example, but go ahead. Your, your, your perspective here is that it's, because I would think if I was ranting about this, I actually might. This actually might be a positive rant for me, but your perspective is these comments are not, it's not a fascinating concept to you. In, instead, it's, it's torture. It's just a, tor it's a torture that uh, someone has unknowingly enforced on you for the past you know, decade. Is that what you're Precisely. saying? Precisely. Okay. That is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, let me give you another, another example. Please. So um, for a couple summers, I worked at a summer camp during my time in college. I believe and we've, I believe we've mentioned that before. Yeah, we probably have. It's a fun camp called Pine Cove. And there's this one, this one day at this camp where it was just me and two other counselors, like cleaning cabins or something. I don't really remember exactly what, but we were standing outside and the clouds were moving click quickly as clouds occasionally do. And <laughs> I'm just standing there. I don't really say anything. One of them says, yeah, did you know that, uh, clouds don't actually move. It's just that the earth is moving so fast that like the clouds look like they're moving. They're actually just still. And understandably, this bothered me because that's not <laughs> factual in the slightest. Uh, he just pulled that idea out of his ass and, and like told us confidently. He was like, 
yeah, that's, that's, did you know, like, that's exactly the reason why. So I wasn't the only one who, who, um, who took umbrage with his, his comment. The other girl there, she said, no, if the, if the earth, the earth doesn't move very fast. If the earth moved that fast, we'd be able to feel the earth moving. The earth moves really slow. <laughs> no, no, no. And so no. this is what bothers me is that they were both so wrong and I didn't <laughs> feel like saying anything. And I just stood there and was like, y'all are, but like, I was like, I'm not going to jump into this. And again, I have no doubt neither of them have thought about that conversation to this day. Like they had that conversation. They were like, these people are dumb because they thought they were so right. Um, and the girl was like halfway there. She was like, he's wrong. The clouds do move. And you're like, but yes, yes. And then I was she like, followed real, it up. I was like really on board with her. But then she was like, the earth like barely moves. Cause if it was moving quickly, we would feel it. And I was like, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but to my understanding, the earth moves very quickly. Oh like yes. The, Tremendously like the, slow. Tremendously like, so, not slow. Yes. Um, don't make me fight you, Zach. Uh, <laughs> and because, like, not where we, like, in relation to the sun, like, moving around that quickly in terms of distances, but also the rotation itself. Like, if you consider, like, 24 hours and then, like, the circumference of the equator, like, we're going hundreds, if not thousands of miles per hour, technically. Um, right. And it's like... She, it, 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 my point with all of this, I'm not trying to say that I hate those people or that those people deserve that much shaming. It's more that sometimes people just say really dumb things and for some reason they stick in my mind. I'm almost mad that I think about it because this, this one doesn't quite come up quite as frequently for me as the stoplight one. Cause I go to stoplights like daily cause I'm, I drive. That's how I operate in this society. But, um, <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> oh boy. You know, I, I was kind of thinking that, that car issues are almost a rotating topic that like once, like, like two or three times a year, we could just bring back up because I'm sure that's going to give us some kind of horrible experience. Well, if that's like, the case, then times. we've already met our quota for 2019. If it's <laughs> only two really or three have. times a year, <laughs> maybe four or five. Hey, by um, the way, earth spins at about a thousand miles per hour at the equator interesting yeah my exactly that is absurdly fast and i don't know it's just like sometimes people say things very confidently and i i i don't know i'm really not trying to highlight how dumb they are it's more that i just think about this stuff all the time but about the dumb things people say around me it somehow bothers me that they've said them without thinking about them. Since. Let, me, let, let me hit you with a, with a couple examples of my own. And you can tell me if it's relevant or in agreement with what you're saying or not. Okay. So I think this first one you'll find um, perhaps alarmingly relevant. But when I was in school, elementary school, I think, uh, I'm glad that you started talking about clouds because that reminded me of my own dumb cloud comment experience. <laughs> Uh, I was standing on the playground with uh, a friend of mine at the time. We have not spoken uh, in probably since the sixth grade just because of different schools. So I know pretty confidently they're not listening, but I'm still not going to say their name. That's fair. In case uh, not all bad nation grows exponentially in the <laughs> next uh, 
decade or so, but this person was, uh, was with me and we were marveling at the clouds because they happen to be moving very fast overhead. And we pointed out a particularly large cloud and I said, I wonder where, I wonder who is under that cloud's shade, which let me say, that is a very profound question for someone of my age. That's, uh, extreme that's really genius profound. on my part. But I've never thought about that. I, I asked him because this person was, uh, was very smart. They were, uh, they, they were in R a very smart person. They, they ended up doing very well in high school and graduating a uh, pretty high in their class and so on and so forth. But, uh, at the time when we were little kids, they were smart too, and they they also knew they were smart, and they perhaps put a little much a little too much stock in their intelligence. They said, "Oh, uh, that one looks like it's about above New Mexico," <laughs> and I was like, "Huh, okay." But I went home that day, and I thought about clouds more, and over the next, I don't know, fifteen years, I thought about clouds even more. And every time I think about clouds, I think about how that one kid said that that cloud was probably somewhere over New Mexico, when in reality he has no way, no concept of confirming that, no point of reference at all in the, in the daytime sky to know at all how far away anything was, be it vertically into the sky or horizontally across the globe. So what a bold assumption of him to make. That this one large cloud was providing shade to New Mexico. In no way could he have known that. But yet his confidence was so robust <laughs> that much like you are saying, I too always think about that one stupid little comment that they don't even remember making pretty much every time I look at the clouds. <laughs> and it is Let me unbearable. Let me tell you, that's pretty spot on in terms of what I'm going for here, where you you are reminded of something horrible like that constantly that you know they don't think about. Because I'm sure he doesn't even remember saying that. No, not at all. I mean, this was years ago. But l let me hit you with number two. Um, in fact, same playground <laughs> many years prior. This was probably uh, preschool or kindergarten. I was with my friend Luke, who, uh, unlike the previous person, uh, is a, still a good friend of mine. And uh, might be listening to this episode now. But Luke had, for some reason, uh, his hands were, his, the palms of his hands were dry. And the, he had like, a, like a calluses and like peeling skin. Uh, which is kind of weird for a, a kindergarten. I don't know if he was like lifting weights or something. But uh, <laughs> I, di I distinctly remember what his hands looked like. And I walked, I approached him on the playground, and he was clapping. He, Luke was a notoriously loud clapper at this age. Uh, and and I, I've learned his tricks, by the way, if you're wondering. Welcome to Clap Corner. Uh, if you clap by, if you, if you put your hand to where all five fingers are spread apart, like you're trying to palm a basketball, and you clap both hands like that with all five fingers apart, you can clap incredibly loud. So Luke was like a clapping like that. It was extremely loud clapping as I walked up to him. And I, I hope that he doesn't remember this story because if he's listening now, uh, that's going to be quite the revelation. But he, he showed me the palms of his hands after clapping really loudly that were all chapped and, and had dry skin and stuff and were, and were peeling. And he said, look how hard I clapped. Look what I did to my hands. And I, try, and I clapped all day. 
trying to emulate that. In fact, this is embarrassing to admit, but here I'm going to do it on the show. For years and years, like a double-digit number of years, I would look at the palms of my hands every time I clapped really loudly or for a long period of time, like at a sports game, trying to see if my hands ever peeled like that. And it wasn't until, (laughs) I won't say when because I don't remember when, but it wasn't until alarmingly recently that I had the revelation that maybe that's just not how clapping works because that doesn't make any sense at all. And maybe, maybe Luke was just making a joke that one moment, like 20 years ago, like literally 20 years ago, he made one joke. And that one joke has dominated every thought I've had about clapping since. So Luke, screw you. You've cursed me. (laughs) You have cursed me. I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude this with just one last quick story <clears throat> to illustrate something, which is so the flip side of this that almost horrifies me is thinking about what dumb things I've said that people might remember. Uh-huh. I, yeah. And I can think of one example in particular that somehow still bothers me to this day. Similarly, um I actually remember specifically being in uh pre-K. And for some reason that day, we were doing something with the kindergartners. And I, I remember who this was. Uh, his name was Landon, not that it matters that much. Uh, <laughs> he, he came up to me looking really sly with a little smile. And he was like, hey, Paul, do you, which do you think comes first, smoke or fire? And I like thought about it. And my little five-year-old brain was like, like shit, I have no idea. Um, and I said, well, I think, uh, smoke probably comes before fire. And then he was like, wrong fire comes first. (laughs) And it was like humiliating. And he like shamed me about it. And the funny thing about this is, first of all, I was very wrong, but I was also like five or six year old years old, whatever age pre-Kers are. But that like haunted me. I think three or four, (laughs) three or four. Yeah. Quite possibly. Uh, I was very young. And I, it, it, that's, that's, this is one that I haven't thought about in a while, but I was very wrong. And, but this was a little bit different because he intentionally tried to catch me, but like by asking me the question in the first place. And I was just, he was just so knowledgeable because I'm sure they had learned about fire that year. Right. Uh, right. Or that day in kindergarten. But to, to this day, when I think about like firefighters or the subject of like fire comes up, it like comes up in the back of my mind. I was like, hey, remember that one time you thought that smoke comes before fires? And I'm like, ah, oh, I was such an idiot. And I, I like oh, almost I... wonder if he remembers that. Uh, and so like th- this, this whole thing almost haunts me because on the one hand, it's really easy for me to dive into this idea of like, I am just a casual observer of conversations who is so smart that I catch other people saying dumb stuff. But it's also occurred <laughs> to me that this this Aussie, this podcast is a pretty great example. I sometimes very confidently say things as though they are fact <laughs> when they quite possibly, quite likely are not. And so it's it's come to my attention that I might be very wrong about a lot of things too. And so in general, maybe I'm, I'm hoping and all... I simultaneously hope and fear that other people don't remember these things because I feel like people should remember them to learn from them. But also, like, 
I hope they don't remember them because I'm sure I've said some very dumb stuff as well. Uh, I'm going to put, uh, I'm going to, I know you said you wanted to wrap it up. I have another thing I want to talk about because my, <laughs> Hey, spoiler alert. I, I have basically nothing for my positive rant because, uh, I have <laughs> almost nothing positive in my life right now, which is an exaggeration and not true. I love you. Everyone who's my friend and family member, but, um, <laughs> I will say I, I want to add to this because I know that we can. It's not like I'm going to have to make up time later with my positive rant or anything That's like fair. that. Um, Please go ahead. But oh, hang on. Sorry, you might have to cut this out. But what were you just talking about? What was your your story you just told? Saying okay, yeah, smoke right. or fire. Uh, <laughs> I, I was in a similar situation where I was over at uh, a family friend's house. So my parents were really good friends with uh, this person's parents. Uh, but they were a lot older than me. So I was about your age, too. I was about three or four, or maybe younger. Um, and this person is several years older, like probably four or five, maybe. I don't know, whatever. But uh, an old enough to where they had done basic addition in school, and I had not. And I was in their room playing with their Legos, and they said, Zach, what is one plus one? <laughs> and I held up, I held up my one index finger on the left hand, and my one index finger on the right hand. And I had learned numbers at this point, just not addition. And that to me looks a lot like an 11. So I said 11. <laughs> and uh, just much like you with smoke and fire, he absolutely dunked on me. Said it was two. <laughs> and uh, that weighed pretty heavy on my soul until eventually my curriculum got around to addition. And uh, I learned, in fact, that one plus one did equal two. And uh, it really wasn't that complicated. Probably should have been able to figure that out myself. Not 11. But uh, that was a similar story that I had. And uh, now that sits with me a lot of the time as well when I think about addition, which um, is quite a bit because uh, math is my job. My, it's the career path I've chosen. So thank you to that person who has put that burden on my shoulders for as long <laughs> as I live, at least until I retire. You know, it, this is kind of reminding me of their stories. Like much more recently, one of my favorite things to do with kids is asking them what age they think I am. And kids are just so bad <laughs> with terrible. numbers that they'll be like, you're 12. And I'll be like, <laughs> you idiot. And, or like, they'll be like, I think you're 50. And it's just like, they don't get it. And now I'm almost wondering, is this going to haunt them? for a couple decades until they start their own <laughs> podcast and recount how they were haunted by their like uncle or piano teacher, whatever relation I had to them who made them guess my age. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe you're out there scarring kids. There's no way to tell really until we give them 20 years. Precisely. Uh, how do you feel about moving on to random rants? I feel really great about that idea, actually. Okay, well, I'm um, going to put it in to my spreadsheet. Okay, this one's kind of a weird one. You might have to edit around this, but this one is uh, submitted by Riley. So thanks, Riley, for submit. Actually, no, hang on. Okay, so this one is submitted by Riley. Okay. This is the only one Riley submitted in his email. 
Um, his topic is ASMR. But before we get there, there's a note on this particular topic, which we have not seen yet before. And it specifically says to read the email. So I'm going to read it on the show. I have not read this before. Okay. But I'm going to read it on the show. And uh, we can edit around whatever's necessary, Paul. Um, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it live like we did with Matt's. But uh, let's see. So the email's right here from, from Riley. Zach, love seeing you a couple weeks ago. Okay, you don't need whatever. Uh, love and love listening to you in Paul's podcast. So, Riley, thank you. Uh, ASMR, <laughs> I hate this shit. <laughs> Maybe I just don't understand it, but the thought of people going out of their way to specifically listen to people breathe or eat into the mic is disgusting to me. I don't want to hear people eat or breathe or really anything other than talk into the microphone like a normal human being. Well, we're happy that we got you. We got you on that part. Also, kind of like what Paul mentioned about TikTok, which I believe was episode 10, possibly. But anyway, why are parents okay with their kids making this kind of stuff? I don't care how they try to rationalize it to themselves. People are going to sexualize this and make it weird. They're obviously in it for the money, but damn, using your kid like that is gross. Anyway, I just randomly thought about this when Paul mentioned parents and TikTok and just had to send the idea over. Hope all is going well, and maybe y'all will agree with me on this. Looking forward to episode 12. So yeah, this was kind of a while ago, uh, Riley, but we, we finally got around to it. So really appreciate the email. Thank you so much. Again, ASMR is the topic. Um, and I feel like Riley kind of did our work for us. <laughs> <laughs> what, else, what else is there to say, right? The, the, the first thing that comes to mind with ASMR is, so I've known a couple people who have been pretty, like, I don't Okay, they've not, like, been really into ASMR, but I've known some people who have, like, had specific things about ASMR they like. And the thing is, so maybe I just haven't found my special sound that I like, but I don't really get it. But on top of that, I have a hard time not viewing it through a lens of being kind of sexual. Because it's, like, for people to get some kind of physical pleasure out of hearing certain sounds, it's, like... I get that it's not technically sexual, but it almost seems like it might be like a little bit. And that's kind of weird, but <laughs> it is a really bizarre thing. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think it's explicitly sexual Oh, for, for sure. Not. Yeah. But it definitely, there is some element to that at some point along the line. Right. Yeah. Which I guess here's something that we can put in pretty much every episode okay here's a little sound bite blank i don't think it's explicitly sexual but at some point it's going to cross over to that territory <laughs> that you could say that about literally anything but asmr is kind of the same deal right where i don't do you ex first of all i guess we should say do you experience asmr have you felt the quote unquote tingles brought on by the asmr sensation I don't think so. There was, like, maybe around, like, 8th and ninth grade, there was some girl I was talking to who, like, was really into ASMR. She, like, looked up... I don't remember exactly what, wow. but she looked up different things and, like, told me that, like, these things gave her sensations. And I was, like, really curious, so I, like, listened, and I just didn't get it. I, I, I'm... There, eighth or ninth grade, she must have really got in on the ground floor on <laughs> ASMR. She's like an ASMR hipster. Really, though, yeah. Because that's like before like people really knew what it was. Uh, like way before. That was really my introduction because I, I was like 14, so I didn't know what the heck ASMR was. Um, 
At, at age 14, you're getting a, a lot more tingles other than what you're hearing. <laughs> That's only one piece of the pie. It pretty much every each of the five or six senses or whatever, however many senses there are, there's a lot more than the five they teach you in school, by the way. <clears throat> at least one more. So whatever five or six senses you experience... A hundred percent of those, including hearing, are giving you some sort of tingles at age 14. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and more recently, so for whatever reason, uh, my girlfriend really likes those videos that like come up on Snapchat where it's like cutting soap with a knife. And I don't even think she thinks of it as ASMR. She's just like, I really enjoy watching that. But like, that's like technically yeah. a category of ASMR. Is it, though? I think so, because there's, like, a certain, like, sound and texture element to it that I think gives people some kind of pleasure. And it's kind of bizarre, because, like, I've, like, watched a couple of those. I've been like, yeah, like, that. that's kind of, like, interesting. Like, that's a, a noise and thing I don't normally see, and I, I'm, like, weirdly captivated by it, but not so much that I'm, like, going to seek out more of it. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not jonesing for some ASMR. <laughs> I I like to watch those videos. I mean, I feel some sort of deep satisfaction from those satisfying videos, but it's not like a it's not a physical response, right? I don't like shake and shimmy or jitter or whatever the hell happens from watching those. And I have never felt ASMR from like an audio cue. Mhm. I mean, I feel like the most the most similar thing I can think of for me, and this is not unique in any way, is like there are certain songs that like sound good enough that it'll give me goosebumps or something. I I imagine that's a similar feeling to ASMR, but like, yeah, okay, that's a good point. But even so, it's like there are people with ASMR videos on YouTube with tons and tons of views that are like, listen to me chew while I eat. And, and like, <laughs> yeah. one of the weird things about ASMR is I feel like those sounds are so specific that some people, it'll be, like, for some reason they really enjoy it. And some people hate it. Like, a lot of people, like, hate mouth noises, but that's, like, the entire right. category of ASMR. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could go either way. I mean, I'm not particularly... Uh... I'm, not, I, I don't, I'm not disgusted by chewing, but I don't want to hear it. Like, if someone's chewing with their mouth open at the dinner table, I'm not going to throw a fit. I can probably toot them out. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, you know, I'm not eating that shit up either. <laughs> I'm not enjoying it. It's not giving me tingles, that's for sure. Yeah. I, I like what he said about the kid thing. Yes. I, I don't want to dwell on it because it's it's a major downer for the show, <laughs> and that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to We're trying to be down and lift you up in our downness. We're not trying to bring you down with us. But it's got to be said... It is creepy. It's very creepy. This Life of Mac character, I mean, good for her. She's hustling, but it's just I've always gotten really weird vibes from that setup. You don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, Yeah. Um, both on the uploader and the viewer side, you know? Yeah. Like something something weird is there somewhere, you know? That's not natural. There's not – there's there's 100% of the stuff that's going on there is not innocent or normal. Yeah, for sure. But it does. Uh, it, it makes for a lot of good reaction gifs slash gifs. So yeah, and and what's weird about ASMR is it's become mainstream enough that if you remember at the Super Bowl this year, there I, I think it was Michelob Ultra or some beer company did an ASMR video where some woman sitting at a table in the mountains and like 
like popping the bottles really close to a mic and then like whispering close like this so that you oh, can hear tingles. every single uh-huh. part of her like vocal cords and it just gets really it was really bizarre that they like had that during a Super Bowl commercial. I was like, I guess this kind of stuff is really they're trying to tell me that Michelob Ultra is is going to give me tingles, but I think mainly it's just going to give me a hangover if I have too many of them because it's a light beer, but whatever. I vaguely remember that commercial, but that could be said about anything past the first quarter. <laughs> Fair. Um, I have too many Michelobes. <laughs> but uh, it, I, uh, I wish that I wish that we, in some capacity, had some experience with ASMR because I really feel like that's preventing us from having a thorough discussion on it. Mm-hmm. Riley kind of covered every point that I would have liked to have hit, like... Uh, it's weird. It's gross with the eating thing. Uh, doesn't do anything for me. I don't understand the appeal because I can't feel it. And then the creepy like parent-child relationship with the creepy, possibly sexual stuff going on behind the scenes. Very weird vibes. If you are interested in coming on the show and as your rant defending ASMR, we will put you at the top of the list in priority of who gets on the show. You could be the first guest on the show if you're interested in defending ASMR or discussing your experience as someone who can uh, actually respond to the tingles. Because I want to hear about that shit. Because Paul and I can't really do the topic justice. Not all bad show at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. Even if you don't feel like you have a full rant to put together, if you just send us an email explaining your experience, we will read it on the show. Because we're I'm, yeah, I'm really for curious. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll read your uh, we'll read your rebuttal, and uh, you and Riley can duke it out behind the scenes. <laughs> but uh, I think that's gonna wrap up the random rant ASMR topic. Really appreciate the email. If you want your random rant idea right on the show, you can do what Riley did and send a long email with your topic to notallbadshow at gmail.com with random rant idea as a subject line. Or you can say nothing in your email other than the actual rant idea itself. And you are equally likely to have your stuff right on the show. So, uh, again, really appreciate it, and we'd love to have more. That brings us to you, Paul, to kick us off with the uh, first positive <clears throat> rant of the night. And again, uh, can't emphasize this enough. You have all the time you need. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so, this week... I am dog sitting for my boss and this may sound odd, but of all the things people can ask me to do, dog sitting is like one of the, my favorite favors they can ask of me because um, <laughs> like if someone asks me to take care of their job, their dog, so I don't currently have a dog. And so it's kind of like, I, I do really like dogs and you get the enjoyment of, of like having a dog for a few weeks. And since you're with them a lot, like they get to know you and actually like you, but you don't have like right. the long-term commitment of like, I have this dog all the time. Um, and so that's really nice. And then also you get to like sometimes stay at the person's house, which is like for me, since I currently live with my parents is a nice vacation to like stay oh, at yeah, that's nice. a, a person's house where they might have like a really nice TV and living area. And I get to just hang out there. And I, maybe this is weird, but I kind of just enjoy living at someone else's house alone. It's like a vacation for me. I don't know. Right. So <laughs> this isn't that long or extensive, but I kind of enjoy 
when people ask me to dog sit. That is nice. Uh, I don't think I've ever had to do that except uh, once when uh, Maddie got asked to do it for this random family in College Station that lived like way out on the country, and they had a horse and a bunch of chickens and two dogs, one of which was a puppy and a cat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went out there and uh, tried to take care of the uh, the chickens and the horse and the two dogs and the cat. And uh, it was uh, incredibly stressful <laughs> because that that's a lot of animals. And uh, there were two there were two ages of chick two groups of chickens, one that was old and one that was young. And uh, the old chickens will will uh, murder every last one of the young chickens if they come into contact because chickens are horrible abominations and deserve to be eaten. <laughs> so uh, one day the li- the little chickens did get out, and we had to prevent uh, a crime scene, which we did successfully. And when I say we, that was mostly on Maddie. I really didn't do much. I didn't didn't help much at all. Uh, and of course, a, a puppy by itself is a whole new level of dog sitting. Oh yeah, this was not a house trained dog <laughs> at this point, but it was completely adorable. It was a golden retriever puppy, and uh, she did such a good job. And I uh, did nothing and watched her do <laughs> such a good job that they ended up naming the dog after her after she oh, left. Oh wow! But that is my only experience with dog sitting, and that included uh, dog sitting squared and cat sitting and horse sitting. And like twenty chicken sitting, so that's pretty extensive. Um. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was. They really put me through the ringer. Yeah, that's a pretty intense first. It's, it's more like they're asking you to like become a farmer for a week. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's like of, of the things I can do for my friends. Like there, there's lots of favors that people ask for you, and I, I'm also fully aware that I'm potentially putting myself out there unintentionally to be a, a dog sitter for anyone listening to this podcast. But nonetheless, like there's something really enjoyable about getting to hang out with someone's dog that I, without having to like own granted one day, I'll probably own dog, but like without owning one right now, <laughs> it's really nice to do that. I guess you get the, you get the full dog experience temporarily without the long-term commitment. Yes, exactly. It really is nice. Yeah. And, and without, without the risk of your own home being like peed on. Yes, that that which brings me to my other point. This is not necessarily a positive part of my positive rant. <laughs> the downside of it is I feel like inevitably, unless it's an older dog who's really well trained, <laughs> I feel like accidents always happen while I'm there. And that is an, <laughs> an awkward uh, situation in the sense that like <laughs> even with my boss's dog. Uh, that dog pooped on the carpet last night, and so I had to clean that up, and that's an awkward thing of, like, well, that dog's not supposed to do that. I guess he's just nervous because his owner isn't here, but, like, right. <laughs> I've got to take care of that and explain it to the owner. So I guess there's definitely some downsides to it in terms of, like, it's still an animal, and uh, animals don't always uh, behave how they're supposed to. But nonetheless, it's, like, kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, but you know what happens when you have your own dog? What? Uh, you have to buy its food and 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 it, all that stuff. Uh, when you don't have your own dog and your dog sitting, they pay you. Exactly. Yeah. So there's another little bonus. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like a net positive because dog like dog sitting is something like yes for however long I'm doing it, whether it's a weekend or a week, whatever. Like yes, the, I'm having to dedicate like ideally be there with the dog as much as possible, but at the very least be there in like a couple t- a couple or a few times a day to take care of the dog. But like 
even so, it's like, that's not a huge commitment. They're paying for all the stuff for the dog. In some great cases, they're compensating you in some way. And Ooh, yeah. it's it's just a pretty good gig is what I'm getting at. Uh, I have to agree with you there. Even from my limited experience, uh, I can I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I can't really speak to horse sitting or a chicken sitting, uh, which well the horse was easy. The chickens were the real problem. <laughs> now that I think about it, I'm not even where did this what when did sitting become a word to describe actions of taking care of something? Because we talk about babysitting for humans up to like 12 years old. Uh, where you're not probably not doing a lot of sitting while you're there, and they're not babies, but it's called babysitting nonetheless. And we talk call it like house sitting, dog sitting, even though, like like sitting is like a, maybe a byproduct of the experience. But I'm, I would probably be sitting whether I'm there or not. So like, why is it called? I don't know why it's called sitting. That's this just came to mind. Uh, uh, I'm a fixated on it now. I'll admit. Yeah. Um. Weird, my internet's out, but off the top of my head, the term babysitter first appeared in 1937, while the, ver- while the verb form babysit was first recorded in 1947. Um, and again, I'm just kind of trying to remember something I learned in school, but from what I can recall, the American Heritage College Dictionary notes that one normally would expect the ancient noun babysitter with its earth suffix to come from the bit. Ba- uh, it's a lot of the memory's got a lot of words and it doesn't really mean anything. But basically, when you jump ahead a few sentences in the memory that I have, you get to the part where it says the use of the word "sit" to refer to a person tending to a child is first recorded in 1800. Okay, I don't care about the dates, brain. <laughs> I, I, every time I start a sentence from my memory, I think it's going to be something relevant, but it's all dates. It's all dates all the way down. <laughs> the term may have originated from the action of the caretaker sitting on the baby in one room while the parents were entering entertaining or busy in another. What does that mean? That means nothing. Yeah. I, so I, it is also theorized that the term may come from hens quote, sitting on their eggs, thus caring for their chicks brain slash Wikipedia. You're out. You're on the outs. Bad article. <laughs> I also pulled up that uh, babysitting Wikipedia. So I was following along with you. Uh, yeah, that didn't really explain where the term sitting came from. They're like, yeah, they were sitting on the, the baby in the other room. It's like, that really doesn't explain it at all. <laughs> Here's all the times that they said babysitting in, the, in all of human history. And also, babysitting may have referred to how one might come over and babysit a baby. Oh, got it. <laughs> what a waste of my time and yours. <laughs> Um, I would like to say that conveniently we we have run out of time and, and I can't do my uh, <laughs> my rant, but that's simply not true. I mean, we've never allowed ourselves to quote unquote run out of time on this show before <laughs> going as far as 15 minutes ahead of where we are now. So with that being said, uh, I guess I will talk about uh, my positive rant today, which uh, I, I called back to a few episodes ago. Um and it's finger guns. Mm. I was talking about in my negative rant about uh, the implementation of finger guns in the workplace as an effective greeting mechanism if you can pull it off. Um, and I stand by the fact that finger guns are, are um, kind of like a universally great way to uh, greet somebody. Um, today was kind of a good a good day to bring it up because uh, 
I'm already phoning it in on everything else. So um, why waste a good topic on uh, on an episode where I've really kind of trudged my way through the mud the entire way through? But it takes a certain level of finesse to pull off finger guns, and that's what's that's what's tricky about them, right? Mm-hmm. You can either have the uh, the 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 double barrel, the the double fist, one in each hand, or just the singular finger gun. And I didn't realize the importance or the level of finesse of the finger gun until a few months ago. I was uh, attending a wedding for a coworker. And the father of the bride, it was a beautiful wedding, by the way. I've talked about how much I love weddings. Oh, they're great, yeah. Um, yeah. A few months ago, I was uh, attending a wedding just as a, just as a, uh, a friend. I had no role, and I was sitting uh, in the outdoor venue, and then the father of the bride comes through the doors to walk his daughter down the aisle, and he pulls out the coldest finger gun I have ever seen distributed upon the human populace, ever. He is he so it's 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 elevated. The point he's coming from is elevated, and there's some steps down to where everyone's sitting. So everyone's kind of turned around and looking up. He emerges from the door, takes a couple steps forward. He's got his daughter in his arm, one on one arm. He makes eye contact with a random unknown member of the audience ahead. And then pulls out the smoothest finger gun I've ever seen. And I've been perfect. I've been attempting to perfect it ever since. <laughs> I really can't describe it in words. You had to be there. But the way he kind of smoothly it was as if his motion was as if he had pulled it from an actual holster although his hand didn't begin at his hip it was like he was pulling a gun from a holster but you didn't see the first half of the motion from his hip to his stomach you only saw stomach forward and the way he like one effortless motion kind of cocked it forward aimed at his target hit it with a wink and and simultaneously with the wink gave it just a slight jerk back like the recoil from the pistol beautiful i've i've never been able to replicate it since and i've been trying every day for months i actually sat i went home from that wedding and stood in front of the mirror and tried about 10 times <laughs> and i could not emulate it i'm still working on perfecting my finger gun game i don't know what's missing there's a lot in the angle of the elbow that's one thing that's kind of overlooked you got to hit it with the right. You can't keep it too tucked in your hip or else it looks like you're a T-Rex trying to shoot a gun. You can't flare it too far out wide or it looks like you're, you know, kind of like making the sla- I'm going to like slash your throat threat <laughs> gesture or something. There's just a there's a perfect sweet spot of elbow cock. You and you can't I think the key is and this is tricky. That's why not everyone can pull this off. The key is fully erect index finger, haha, and then a limp thumb. You can't have both. If you if you try to do both, I want you. If you're listening right now, that includes you, Paul. I want you to try to make a finger gun with gesture with your with your hand, where both the index finger and the thumb are as stiff as you can make them. That puts a lot of strain on the wrist. I promise you, I've been trying. I've been reenacting finger guns this entire time you've been talking, trying to understand. Same same here. <laughs> yeah, too much strain on the wrist. You can't have too much flex in the thumb and the index finger. You gotta flex the index finger because you, you don't wanna you don't wanna crooked, you don't want a flaccid barrel. Then that's just embarrassing. Full flex on the index finger, 
but not a full flex on the thumb to compensate. It's tricky to pull off. It takes some practice. Uh, but so far, elbow cock and then those two things are all I've got for the perfecting your uh, finger gun game. All in all, big finger gun guy. Um, to finger gun nation out there, keep practicing, keep trying. You'll get it someday. Uh, I think it's time we bring the finger guns back. That's all I have to say, Paul. Yeah, you, you've honestly brought a lot of attention to finger guns in general for me, and there's something uniquely like special about them that I I'm slowly starting to understand. Like that, I th- th- there's something about that greeting towards someone that is both aggressive but like so friendly that I can't even put a finger on it. There's a little bit of magic in there. I mean, Definitely. you're right. It, it strikes a good balance. It's it's both. It both. If you do it correctly it commands respect because it's a difficult thing to pull off. But at the same time, it's very casual. And there's, it, it, it's a variety of situations that work for this. Um, one of the e- easier ones, probably the easiest one to pull off and therefore the least impressive, but in the most casual is the double finger gun. You just put up both fingers and you just shit, you just waggle your hands back and forth for a, a second or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That one's super easy. And that's one that you can try at home if you're just trying to get into the game. But uh, other than that, you know, you can work your way up to the single smooth hand uh, erect index finger flaccid thumb elbow out maneuver that was eyewitness at the wedding. But that takes a lot of practice. I mean, to be able to successfully pull off a finger gun while walking your own daughter down the aisle of her wedding, (laughs) that's ballsy, it's bold, and the payout is huge. I'm still talking about it months later and I've never met this guy. So clearly, um, there's a good reason to practice. <laughs> keep keep trying out there. I'm glad to, I, I'm proud of what that was able to to become. Oh, uh, me I too. wasn't. Uh, I was a little. I was a little dubious at first, but thanks for letting me talk about that. Uh, <laughs> for sure. Uh, unless you have anything else to contribute, I think uh, I think we can begin to wrap up the show here. Oh, for sure. I I just want to mention one more time. <clears throat> That first of all, if you have any thoughts on ASMR or defenses of it in particular, uh, please either come on the show or email us your thoughts on it and we will happily share those with the audience. Um, And also, I kind of wanted to add, if you guys have any uh, like things that you store, like good stories you remember, especially from being a kid where someone said something dumb that just stuck with you and you don't think they remember i'm kind of curious what those are and we'll we'll likely share those on the show too if you email them to us at not all bad show at gmail.com i'll put it like this we love your emails there are there are not very many things that we would not be willing to shout out on the show if you just email us at not all bad show at gmail.com we'll we'll mention most things and if you've emailed us a, uh, a a random topic idea, we're going to mention that too. You just may be in Riley's boat and have uh, submitted the idea months ago and just by luck of the draw haven't gotten to it yet. Mm-hmm. But we'll get there. So hang in there. Everything else, we're happy to mention on the next show we record. And, and let me let With- me put it this way also. We, we get some emails. I don't want you all to think we're so desperate that we like literally never get emails. But let me also say, we don't get so many, e- so many emails that we're like, ugh, another email. We love them. We, we love each love one of them. your emails. We look at all of them. And we please give us some more emails, please. For sure. 
You can also uh, like and uh, sub- sorry, not like, uh, subscribe. Just subscribe on iTunes and like us on SoundCloud. Uh, most importantly, subscribe on iTunes. That's the number one way. Uh, please, uh, we would really like it if you uh, left a rating and review on the iTunes service. It's really easy uh, to do. Just just hop on there, search our show, Not All Bad, and leave a rating and review. Five-star rating, please. And then just absolutely dunk on us in the review. That's totally cool with us. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see some more ratings in the coming weeks because we haven't gotten uh, any in a while now. Uh, we're also on Google Play and Spotify if you're interested. Mm. And uh, we're on Twitter, Not All Bad Show. Uh, talk to us there as well as like we said our email not all bad show at gmail.com again we're accepting guests you don't have to have a topic just reach out send us an email and we'll include you as a guest on the show if you do have a rant that's cool we're also happy to have uh, rants that you provide as well and finally we would really really like it if you uh, told somebody else that uh, maybe isn't a, a mutual friend of yours and mine and Paul about the show that you heard today if you like what you heard um, we are starting to get some uh, quite an eclectic mix of people that I don't necessarily keep up with that often and I'll just leave it with that uh, if, if that it includes you if you fall into that category uh your support means just as much to me and paul as it as everyone else's support so thank you uh tell a friend get them on board that would that would be awesome and finally uh even though i already said that was finally this is finally i'm zach andrews this is paul messman and this has been not all bad dance like nobody's watching rant like nobody's listening (laughs) 